It's the Who's On First baseball show with the coach, Carl Damasi, and the baseball fanatic, Kyle Lawson. The fellow's name on first base. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first? Talking all things baseball on the Coach's Corner Sports Network. I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. Third base. And here we are, the coach and the baseball fanatic. And good evening, sports fans. It's another Who's on First Base baseball podcast with the coach, Carl Damasi, and the man with the plethora, I love that word, plethora, the cranial vault of baseball knowledge, the baseball fanatic, Kyle Lawson. And it's season five, episode 18, and we're having a lot of fun, and it's all part of the Coach's Corner Sports Network. Hey, fanatic, let's play some ball. Let's play some ball, Coach, episode 18. We're getting into the dog days right now. The races are getting tight, and we are getting down to the last, you know, 40-plus games of the season. We had a lot to cover tonight, as we do every weekend, and I'm so glad we get to talk about it tonight. How you been, Coach? Hey, I'm, you know, just busy, busy, busy. Start of the school year. Uh, we just, do. Uh, running around all the time, you know, just uh, trying to get things done. And, you know, with the with the other show and, of course, with the website – you know, it just it just never ends. But uh, you're listening to Season 5, Episode 18 of the Who's on First Base Baseball Podcast for August 17th, 2022. And it's all part of the Coach's Corner Sports Network. Five shows, uh, Wednesday nights, 6 to 7. You got Rubbin' and Grubbin' with the Atlanta man, Brandon Bain. And, of course, the producer, Lawrence Bennett. Then Saturday mornings, you got the Call of Demasi Sports Report with yours truly. Then we have that one show once a year during the Masters Week from Augusta, but really from the John Henderson cabin right there on Coach's Corner, the 19th hole with the Herb Brothers, Sean and Brent Herb. Check it out on YouTube. You'll love it. And then we have two podcasts, the Hot Grits podcast with Spencer Maddox and Travis John. I think they're at episode 128. You got to check it out. You'll love it. It just came out yesterday. Then, of course, yours truly, the Coach and Fanatic doing our uh, baseball podcast. It's been going on for five years. We, five years. we haven't missed a beat. And this year, we've been really, really consistent. 18 shows in the books. Well, 17 in the books. 18 up tonight. You got to love yep. it. Got to love it, coach. And I can't ready to get to it right now. We got some good races. To All right. Talk about. First off, we play four innings. Oh, okay. that's right. Around the horn where we break down divisions. And tonight's topic to go with the divisions is the I baseball like prospects. One prospect from each division. He's loaded. The baseball fanatics got it for you. I'll let him know if I agree with him or disagree, but we'll go from that. Inning number two, we got to chop on the Braves. I mean, two big games in the book. Third game tonight against Mac Scherzer. I, did I say it right, finally? Scherzer. Scherzer, whatever his name is, okay? Scherzer. He's a Met killer, okay? And then they got to face the Grom tomorrow. But first two games big for the Mets to bounce back from uh, that drubbing uh, uh, about a week ago where they lost, uh, what, four, four out of five in New yeah. York? Yeah, I was then, about to say, they certainly did. And, yeah, you're facing off against the best, and we're going to let you know exactly what's going on. This could be a big week for Atlanta. And then the third inning – Got to talk about the bananas. Banana ball starts up Friday night, but there's something else special Friday night. And then we got to talk about the local guys that are still trying to make it into the back to the bigs or in the bigs. And then we'll wrap it up with a trivia. The 18th trivia challenge this year. The Fanatics got seven wins, but the coach picked up fourth. His fourth yeah, win last week. Certainly the did. flag is flying in my front yard. The big white flag with the big white W on it out here on Wilmington Island. I own it for a week. Hopefully I'll get two weeks in a row. I don't think I've ever gone two weeks in a row, have I? You know what? I have to go back and go through the archives on that. But uh, 
I don't think it's happened. I don't think it's happened. Okay. <laughs> Inning number one, around the horn, Major League Baseball division races. And, of course, the top prospect from each division will start, of course, in the AL East, the junior circuit. Yankees, man, down a nine-game lead. I think something's going on in New York that people don't like there, buddy. Yeah, I mean, it was bound to happen. You have any really talented ball club, they're going to go through a stretch where they really struggle to hit. And they certainly, that certainly has happened. That was a beagle in the background. And uh, the Yanks are two and eight. They've lost three in a row here. And they are 72 and 45. They built up a crazy big lead against a really versus their second place opponent, the Tampa Bay Rays, who are currently nine games back right now. Yeah, they've won four in a row. You say it's insurmountable, but you still got 40 games to play. How are you feeling as a Yankee fan? A little bit nervous. A little bit nervous. I mean, really, they've only they played the last fourteen games. How many games they won? It hasn't been many. Now I was about to say in the last ten, they're two and eight. I mean, right. they, so, they you know they dug themselves out of a little bit of hole, a bit of a hole, but they are still the class of that division. And man, what a tailspin Toronto's been going on. I'll tell you that. But right now, the Yankees are still the class of the East, despite some rough times. I see them rebound, rebounding with all that depth right there. It's a matter of staying healthy. Now, here is the top prospect per MLB pipeline. They came out with their latest list earlier today. Very convenient for our show. And, of course, it goes to another Baltimore Oriole, a sneaky good team that's found the way, found their way to win some ballgames that are sniffing at a possible wildcard spot with the expanded playoffs. Now, here's a player that's a shortstop and a third baseman, currently a AAA Norfolk. He's 21 years old. He played in the Futures game this year in Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium during the All-Star game, and that's Gunnar Henderson. He's got an absolute rifle for an arm, and he's got a loud bat, and that's come from a lot of prospects. He is currently MLB Pipeline's fourth best prospect in all of Major League Baseball, and he is the best prospect coming out of the American League East. You don't think uh, the Yankees, who are in dire need of another Derek Jeter, Anthony Volpe, is, uh, shouldn't be up there with that young man? He's very close. He's ranked right behind, him at, right behind him at number five. And I could see Mr. Volpe getting a look as early as next year. And I got to agree with you. What, a, what, a bet, what better name than for a shortstop? Gunner. So yeah. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. It feels good. I like yeah. it. All right, so let's go now to the AL Central, and the Guardians are still hanging on by half a game uh, on top of the Minnesota Twins, and uh, the White Sox are back in the race. They're only one game out, buddy. Yeah, and they come in after winning a series against Detroit, who's playing absolutely terrible baseball right now. They didn't really play them that tough over the weekend, but I'll tell you this. They win a big game last night, and if you're a neutral fan, you don't have any rooting interest in either the – Astros or the White Sox, you missed a dandy last night. Dylan Cease dueling against a former, or excuse me, former Cy Young winner and future Hall of Famer, Justin Verlander. Unbelievable baseball. The Sox are a mere one game out of the top of the division in first place right now. They're tied with the Twinkies right now, who've gone on a little bit of a skid. So expect to see uh, first, second, and third place. Might be doing a little bit of rotation this week. I'll tell you that. All right, and who's your best prospect? My best prospect out of the Central, and you kind of got to go down a little bit right there. 14th overall in baseball. He's currently with the Akron Rubber Ducks, a ball club you know very well. 
I spent uh, a lot of time in Akron. I'm sure you did. Lots of tires, lots of rubber ducks. Daniel Espino, he's a right-hander, 21-year-old, big fastball. His slider is in the mid-90s. He's hit 101 on the gun. Solid curve, good swing and miss stuff right now. Expect to see him with the Tribe next year. Okay, I'll give you that one. Yeah, Espino, Espino sounds good. All right, we go out to the AL West, and uh, Houston is still uh, – Houston, are you there? They're still holding on to an 11-game lead like they were last week. Uh, uh, Seattle, uh, you know, you know, still uh, – Hanging in there in the wild card spot, 64 and 54. But Houston, I mean, 75 and 43. Is that the best record in baseball? 75 and 43, no. Actually, right now, that is second best. Best in the American League. Best in baseball, only behind the Dodgers. We'll get to them in a minute. Okay. But I'll tell you this. Coming out of the West right now, if you would have said about a month and a half ago, yeah, the Angels had some of the best prospects in all of baseball. But they went the way of... San Diego, excuse me, they went the way of Washington in the Juan Soto trade. Now, technically, according to MLB Pipeline, former Brave farmhand Shane Langoliers is the top prospect ranked coming out of the AL West. And, I mean, I kind of went through the weeds on this one. He was a part of the Matt Olson trade. You look at everybody that left the Angels and went to Washington to their farm system right now. Now, you look at a guy like Shane Langoliers with Oakland, he will most – undoubtedly get a shot with the big club next year strong d it was always a question of whether or not he could hit i could see him actually getting called up as early as september one okay so three good picks there for the uh for the american league now we hop over to the still stay on the west coast we're going to go to the nl west and i mean this is unbelievable i I don't know what you want me to tell you but uh the dodgers i mean the yankees okay are in first place all right, Boston is 14 games out in last place. The Dodgers are in first place, and the second place Padres are 17 games out. I mean, the Dodgers is it's, it's the class only 35 losses. I do apologize. I forgot that they're uh, already at the 80 win mark. Yeah, they certainly did. They're actually the first team in Major League Baseball to hit the 80 win mark. 80 and 35, eight and two. They dropped one last night. Actually, that was a shocker in extra innings against the Brewers, but wouldn't read too much into that right now. And even after making the big Juan Soto trade, San Diego falling on hard times. Of course, if you've been watching any outlet or listening anywhere, you know about Fernando Tatis, who's been out the bulk of the season with injury, being suspended 80 games for performance-enhancing drugs. They're 4-6 and six in their last 10, and they are really putting themselves in a tough spot to make the playoffs, despite the fact they are still in a wild card position. All right. And the, uh, the, the best get better because probably the top prospect is probably coming from the Dodgers, right? No, believe it or not, my top pick, and it's actually, there's several top 10 picks per pipeline. And I agree with this one for sure. He's the third overall pick per MLB pipeline as the top prospect. And that is another outfielder, a lefty bat, good contact guy, great speed. He steals a lot of bases. That is the Arizona Diamondbacks outfield prospect, Corbin Carroll, who's 21 years old, currently a AAA Reno. I mean, his you could see him making the show as early as next year. I think he could be a call-up this year right now. The question is, can he hit for power at the major league level? Probably a double-digit home run guy. A lot of speed. What about, you know, the Dodgers? I mean, we haven't a big, had a big-time catch to play for the Dodgers. From what I hear, you know, or see, uh, you know, ninth in the top ten Diego Cartea, I mean, 
you know, the Dodgers haven't had a big catcher in a long time. Now I was about to say, you got to go back a long way to see, you know, a guy like Russell Martin behind the plate. You know, there's right. a big prospect that came up with them. That's another guy they're going to take a, a long look at. But you have that luxury as the Dodgers. The reason I went with Carroll in the West is you're going to see a team that's rebuilding right now that really wants to get this guy up to the show to see what he can do. He, uh, Cartea was the top-rated amateur in the 2018 international class. And, uh, you know, he's out of Venezuela. The Dodgers signed him for $2.5 million. He made his debut at the age of 17 in 2019. He's excelled. Uh, 298 batting average last summer in uh, low A. Uh, so, I, I mean, we'll see, uh, you know, Corbin versus Cartier. We'll see about that one. Yeah, I was about to say, with an outfielder, you're going to see a guy probably get to the show a little Lock bit faster. Him. Yeah, okay. that's right. Let's go to your Continue. beloved your beloved Central Division, NL Central. Yes. St. Louis in first place. I know you hate to hear this. The birds are back in the top of the crow's nest. Yeah, it's kind of what they do. They're a well-run organization. I cannot stand them. I dislike them with every fiber of my being. <laughs> but that's enough about me. Be Milwaukee has run into some injury issues recently. And, I mean, they're two games back right now. And it looks like St. Louis, I mean, after going and make, you know, making a couple of acquisitions, making a couple of trades, they really feel like this division is theirs. And you look at the other three teams in the division other than the Milwaukee Brewers. These are all rebuilding teams right there. You know, you got the Cubs, Reds, and Pirates right there. You're not seeing a whole lot from them. And my top prospect is another player that will be probably terrorizing the NL Central next year. St. Louis Cardinals, third baseman and outfield prospect. And this guy can play per scouts. He can play all over the outfield. You can put him wherever you need. He's obviously not going to unseat Nolan Arenado. And of course, I'm talking about double A third baseman, Jordan Walker. He's 20 years old. He hits for power. He hits for average. He's patient. He'll get you some walks. Good D at third. And I could see him coming up with the Redbirds as early as next year. And right now he is the sixth overall prospect per MLB pipeline. And where's he from? I believe he's a Georgia boy, Decatur, Decatur Georgia. High School. Yeah. yeah, that's right. He's in North Georgia. He's an Atlanta area guy. You got a handful of guys on this list that are from the area. And uh, yeah, he's doing really well. He's he's really um, gotten some eyes on him in Springfield in double A. And uh, there's a very good chance he'll be with the big club or at least get a chance to contribute off the bench as early as next season. Nice. Okay. Now we go to the... Uh to the uh, heated division that everybody in this area wants to talk about. The Mets and the NL East, uh, three and a half above the Braves. Braves won the first two games. They're playing tonight, but uh, I hate to tell you, big guy, they're already behind, and the Mets got their ace thrown. So I, I, it doesn't look good for the Mets or uh, the uh, um, Braves right now. No, it's a tough one right now. And, I mean, bottom line, the best thing you could hope out of this series, try to split or take three or four. You run into a buzzsaw like Scherzer, it's going to be tough. We'll get into that a little bit later. But I'll tell you this, the Braves, if they want to make up some ground, at least knock it down to maybe two and a half games by the end of this series. They really need to do some damage either tonight or tomorrow night. They're three and a half games back, 72 and 46. But the Mets keep finding ways to get it done. Yeah, of course, they dropped the last two to the Braves. Prior to that, they were seven and one playing really good ball. But I got to tell you this, it's going to be difficult for them. You potentially lose two starting pitchers going down the stretch right here. 
uh, in Cookie Carrasco, Carlos Carrasco. He pull, he has an oblique issue, goes out. He's looking at a month. Tyrone, uh, excuse me, Taiwan Walker goes out. And, I mean, we still don't know the diagnosis on him, the prognosis, I should say, of how long he's going to be out. That is a way for the Braves to finally get a chance to get back into this and take this division because they are treading water. But bottom line, the Mets aren't losing. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, there's something about them this year that, you know, the, the, I, I don't know if it's like I've been saying all along. I don't know if it's because of the man behind the, the scenes. Uh, you know, they bring in a great coach in Showalter and, and he knows how to win. Uh, you know, no matter what the Mets have faced this year, they've they've been consistent, and yeah, they have faced a lot of adversity. They have pitching injuries, inability to hit in key times. They go out and they pick up a guy like Dan Vogelbach, who probably looks a little bit more like you or me than a major league baseball player. That is a big old boy. He looks more like me than you, buddy. <laughs> okay, I'm just being nice. Come on, former I, Cubs know, farmhand. Yeah. The OG OG knows he's uh, you know an FG. You know what I mean? I would say the proud of East Rockaway High School puts me in my place once again. The old guy, the fat guy, whatever you want to call me. Okay, who's your prospect? Well, I call you the coach. Who's your prospect, buddy? This is is a runaway. It's not even close. It's Fernando Alvarez, a power-hitting catcher. Hmm, where have I heard that before? He's 20 years old. He's playing at AAA in Syracuse right now. Power bat. He's got a rifle for an arm. Still got some work to do behind the plate as far as calling a game. But guess what? You're a 20-year-old catcher. The bat's going to get into the show. The catching's going to come afterwards. 2023 seam up with the big club. Yep. And uh, you got that right. I don't know. Number one, Not number one prospect in baseball. And of course, who does he got to go to the Mets? I mean, the Mutts, the Mets. I don't Sorry. He's got to be right up and greet the Mets. <laughs> All right. That's inning number one in the books. Uh, we'll have uh, what's going on with the Braves up shortly, but we have to say this is the who's on first base baseball podcast with the coach called Demasi and of course the baseball fanatic Kyle Lawson. And uh, once again, it's a great weekend in the sound garden. Remember coach's corner, all sports, all music, all food, all fun since 1991. And I think this um, Saturday night, we might be sailing away. You know what I mean? Yeah. A little bit sailing away. I feel like we got a little yacht rock action uh, action coming to the coach's corner. Uh, Sound Garden, and I believe Yacht Club is making their triumphant return to the Sound Garden, Coach. Seven o'clock, and uh, the man that owns the place, the man that puts the shows on, John Henderson, says it's one of the best 70s, 80s tribute bands he's ever seen. They play a medley. You got the Eagles. Uh, I mean, you got Lionel Richie. I mean, they go from one to the other, Kyle. I, I mean, they're definitely sailing away, if you ask me. Yeah, I was about to say, a lot of Yacht Rock go out there, jammed in a little bit of some easy listening Got some Eagles. I do believe some Christopher Cross might have been mixed oh, in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, I do might. believe you might be sailing away. I saw that little bury the lead there right there. <laughs> and there's some Doobie Brothers. Anyway, if you're a fan of the Yacht Rock of the late 70s, early 80s, go ahead and check them out. Go to eventbrite.com. Get your tickets. It's a lot of fun. Go out and chill out, listen to some good music, and have a drink or two. You got that right. Okay. Inning number two. Well, inning number one is in the books. Okay. Three up, three down. Now we're going to inning number two. We'll start with three up. And, of course, it's chopping on the Braves. Okay, they're 72-46. They're in second place. They cut the lead back down to three and a half games. So, in your mind, buddy, who's hot and who's not for the Braves right now? I got to say, everybody's hot for the Braves right now. I mean, you've won eight in a row. So, I mean, pretty much, I'll tell you right now, the uh, you go in with Charlie Morton, who's had his struggles, and he goes six and two-thirds last night, 12 Ks, zero earned runs, 
And, uh, I mean, you're still getting great at-bats. You're getting a great at-bats from Ronald Acuna Jr. You're getting Wilson, excuse me, William Contreras staying hot. And, of course, you got Matt Olson closing in on 30 home runs. I was really struggling to feel like, feel who is – Who's really not right now? Okay, and I, I really wanted to hear your thoughts a little bit more on this. I mean, I, I really, like you said, you got eight games in a row. I can't find anybody. No, everybody's not, contributing across the board from the bench, I think the starting lineup, the bullpen. They're getting it done. The biggest, the biggest. I mean, he, his first game was last Wednesday night when we were on air, and that's Vaughn Grissom. Tell yeah. me that kid. I mean, he's a natural shortstop playing second base, and he comes in. And, you know, he's, you know, he's, or Cena gets hurt, he's off the chain. Yeah, that's just it. He's coming in, and the kids are getting it done. I mean, they're getting help from him. I mean, you look at the other night, Kyle Muller comes in. Of course, you remember him from last year, getting yep. some getting some time out of the pen. He comes in, throws in a great start. You get Bryce Elder that comes up for his first major league appearance. You know, he's the third-ranked, you know, prospect in baseball. You got your one, two, and three guys coming up there from Gwinnett and kind of spelling the guys especially, you know, when you're, you know, looking with some injury issues right now, of course, with um, Max Freed, he goes on the IL with a concussion. That's a tough one. And I mean, you look at what your rotation is right now, your top three are Charlie Morton. You look at Jake Odorizzi, you pick up at the deadline and you got Kyle Wright. You need them to anchor that rotation with arguably your ace being out. And of course, Ian Anderson is still trying to figure things out down in Gwinnett. That's the big thing right now. And you left out one guy that you didn't say much about, the man with the stash. I really haven't. I haven't. You called me on it. You haven't said a word about the kid. Spencer Strider. I mean, we can't leave him out because this kid's been consistent all year. And that's just it. I was kind of building to that a little bit. But, I mean, <laughs> he went back. And, I mean, when he gets he gets torched, he barely makes it through the third inning. He gets called. He gets pulled. Snit goes out and gets him. He backs it up the other day. He went out there. That's a guy that can show you he's ready for that. And, yes, very good mustache. You can't deny that. I mean, uh, ERA of 1.96 for a rookie pitcher, pretty impressive. Yep, small sample size, and he's going to be tested down the stretch here. You're going to need him to help anchor the rotation with the other big three that I mentioned with Max Freed being out. I mean, that's at least, you know, goes on the 10-day IL to see, you know, what the symptoms are, and hopefully he's going to be okay. But you're going to rely on your depth at this point right now. And, of course, you got tonight, you're playing the Mets. You got tomorrow, you're playing the Mets. Doesn't get any easier. Guess who you're playing. Guess who you got coming into Truist Park? You got the Houston Astros. You got one of the best teams in the American League coming into face you. And it's not going to get easier down the stretch right now. Basically, I don't know if I want to use the term treading water right now, but, I mean, you need to find a way to steal one of these games against the Mets in the next two nights. All right, and last, last thing for you, because we know all the Braves fans are freaking out now because we're three and a half games out of first place. We only have uh, a lead of wild card. I think we're, what, three games up or four games up in a wild card lead? Yeah, right there. I wouldn't focus on that too much. I still think the focus on the fa for the fans and the players, obviously, should be on the division. This is a div division that's going to come down to the wire. We have said it since April. These are the two teams that are going to be duking it out for that NL East flag. And you know what the last three games of the season are, right? Oh, I do believe they're against the New York Metropolitans. Back in Truist Park, so we'll see what happens. So Soroka threw some rehab. Yeah, that's right. We did have some upcoming news. He looked really good. He went out there, tossed four innings, 
of shutout ball in a rehab start, eight innings, really promising start. Honestly, I thought he was going to be shut down the rest of the year, and I didn't think uh, he could possibly be a part of a postseason uh, situation. Obviously, you're probably going to look at him maybe coming out of the bullpen after you kind of stretch him out. Good start. You know, just trying to be hopeful here. We know what kind of arm that kid has, and especially with that kind of adversity, you you really want to root for a guy that was one of the Braves' top prospects in their system. All right, that's inning number two in the books. Three up, three down. Now we're going to go to inning number three. But don't forget, every Saturday night in the Sound Garden, there's a tribute band. And this band coming in from Charleston, South Carolina, one of the best tribute bands or one of the best bands that plays 70 and 80s music, will be sailing in, and they're called what? That would be the Yacht Club. If you like a little bit of Yacht Rock, you like a little Kenny Loggins, little Christopher Cross, little Doobie Brothers, little Eagles, come out and check them out. Sail away to the smooth sounds of Yacht Rock from years gone by in the late 70s and 80s. Coming up right here in Coach's Corner. All right, did fake radio voice there, but hey, if you want to go check them out, go to Eventbrite or Coach'sCorner.com. Buy some tickets. They're a lot of fun. All right, inning number three. We got to peel some bananas and some local players. Bananas. Banana Land is starting again Friday night, Friday and Saturday night at Grayson Stadium. We go back to Banana Ball series, okay? The Bananas against the Party Animals. I mean, we got some great faces coming back. Of course, they played before the season started. Now they get to play some baseballs at the end of the season. Got to bring back the duo of, let me make sure I get this right, Bill Leroy and and Kyle Kyle Lucas. Yeah, Kyle Lewigs coming back there, the four-year battery. There is no pitcher and catcher combination that have played together. They are four-year banana alumni coming back for another season. I mean, they're fan favorites. They're really talented ball players. They're out of college now. And they come back as members of the Banana Premier Squad. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got six games coming up here. Right. Two this weekend, the 19th and 20th. Then uh, on the 26th, 27th, and on the, I think, the third. That'll be the second and the third to round up the six-pack of Banana Ball in the fall. Well, you know, uh, another favorite's coming back. Everybody loves the kid. Dan Danny Oberst. Oberst. Danny Oberst, of course. 2021 alum. I mean, he came up and uh, absolutely crushed the ball. 333 batting average for the his CPL season. Part of that big championship team. Great to see him back, too. And I think we got a couple of guys from this year's squad they are going to be making an appearance, too. David Meadows and Pierce Howard. Yeah, I was about to say, the speed demon himself, David Meadows, 26 stolen bases. Get out of here. 26 in 26 tries. Yeah, he ran all over the CPL this year. And Pierce Howard, cleanup man, came up midseason, got the job done, big force down the uh, bound, excuse me, down the stretch for the Bananas on their way to their third Pettit Cup. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, yeah, once again, guess what? Tickets are sold out. And just so you know, ESPN Plus will be broadcasting the game from 7 to 9 o'clock because there's a two-hour timeline in Banana Ball. And what comes up right there at 9 o'clock on ESPN uh, Okay. And what comes up at 9 o'clock on ESPN Plus? Banana Land, the five-part series all about the Savannah Bananas. It's crazy. To think, you go from 2016, you get a get a you get a city that has had professional baseball for over a hundred years. You lose your professional baseball team in a, in a classic historic Grayson Stadium. What happens? You bring in the Col- the Coastal Plains League. You bring in a Wood Bat College League. 
You bring in the circus. That is the Savannah Bananas. The whole community, the whole country takes to you. Guess what? Six, almost seven years later, you've got a TV show on ESPN. That just goes to the fact that this works. Banana ball is fun. Everybody loves the bananas all the way around, and I can't wait to watch it. It's just bananas. It is absolutely bananas. I started eating some last week. I kind of got burnt out on them for a while, but they're good for breakfast. Well, you know, historic Grayson Stadium, it's built on potassium now. You know that, buddy. Well, somebody needs to fix the foundation of that place, but <laughs> we're not talking about construction here. Have a banana. You'll feel better. All right. So that starts Friday night. Banana series picks up Friday and Saturday night against the party animals. After the game on Friday night, the game on Friday night will be on ESPN2. Then after that starts the five-part series about Banana Land uh, that Jesse Cole, Emily Cole, Jared Orton build up to be this unbelievable uh, unbelievable story from uh, from rags to riches, from an old historic stadium that nobody wanted to play in. It's an underdog what, story. Who doesn't love an underdog? Electrifying the world of baseball. All right, let's go to the local players, okay? Uh, hey. J.B. Wendelkin, he's still out there in Reno, but... The last four starts have been pretty, or last four appearances have been pretty impressive, buddy. Yeah, he's not looked too bad right now. You look at his overall season, he's really only had one bad appearance. Of course, he's a right-handed uh, pitcher. Of course, uh, he's a local boy here. He's playing in the Arizona Diamondback system out with the Reno Aces out in the International League. He's 4-0-5-7-3 ERA in 11 innings pitched. Let me tell you this, though. He goes out and gets another win on the 13th. Pitches his seventh and pitches the seventh and eighth innings, giving up zero runs. And I'll tell you this: the most important stat for him, getting back to the show, and we did talk about this last week. He will find a way to get back in September. Since his five earned run outing back on July the twenty eighth, he's only allowed one run in his last six appearances, over eight innings pitched. Getting the work in, get the kinks out, get back to the show. Good job, good on you, JB. All right, J.B. Wendelkin out of South Effingham High School, uh, now with the Arizona Diamondbacks, was up for a while in the show, went back down to AAA, so hopefully he'll get back. Uh, Tyler Batchelor, uh, out of Calvary Day School, also out of uh, Effingham County. What'd you find out about him? I found out July 16th he was released. Yeah, that's right. He made one appearance back on – excuse me? Yeah, you're right. Sorry, go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, you can cut that. <laughs> So uh, he pitched, he went down to rookie ball after having an injury. He pitched the majority of the season after getting off to a really good start in AAA with the Minnesota Twins with the St. Paul Saints, 2-1, 338 ERA over eight games. He only made one appearance back on July the 16th. He pitched an inning, and uh, he was granted his release. So I don't know too much more about that other than that was something he wanted. Uh, you look at him right now, he's a 29-year-old pitcher. He probably wants to continue playing ball, see him maybe getting a shot in winter ball, going out there, working out the kinks. He's been uh, in professional ball for the better part of 10 years, parts of three seasons in the major leagues, and we just wish him the best. All right, now we got to go to the Atlantic of the Atlantic Independent League with the uh, Charleston Dirty Birds, and Ryan Lola had a, a, a nice inning in relief last night, so he's still hanging in there. He's still hanging in there. He's played 30 games. They've given him a chance to start. Nine starts overall. Looked pretty good the other night, I'll tell you that. Uh, he's 6-3, six 6-12 and three, six, 12 ERA, but also limited innings because of injuries right now. Trying to get a feel for it. Of course, he got knocked around when he came back, but he looked really good the other night. Uh, he's pitched for – he's pitched in the Braves organization. He's pitched in the Cubs organization. 
just trying to see a local boy try to make it back to organized baseball as far as professional affiliated baseball right now. And he's getting a good start back with the Charleston Dirty Birds in independent ball. Just hopefully finish out a finish finishes out a good season and uh, maybe gets a shot with a uh, major league club or at least get an affiliation next year. Well, we'll see what happens. So uh, that major wraps it. <laughs> I knew Savannah, what I meant. I know what I meant. I it's know been a long been. day, coach. I got you. So the Savannah Bananas uh, and the uh, local boys doing good in the game of baseball. Don't forget Friday night sold out. Uh, it's uh, banana ball series starts August 19th, August 20th, August 26th and 27th. And September 2nd and 3rd. 2nd and 3rd wraps up the six-game banana ball set. And don't forget, right after the game Friday night, stay on ESPN+. Plus. You can watch Banana Land, five-part series produced by ESPN about the story about our Savannah Bananas and the historic Grayson Stadium. All right, that's inning three in the books. Three up, three down. And uh, we got to go a little to the Sound Garden again this weekend. It's going to be a great show. Tribute band for the 70s and 80s. What do we got there, big guy? Got a little bit of Yacht Club right there. You want to go listen to some smooth rock and roll, a little bit of Yacht Club rock, a little Yacht Rock from the 70s and 80s. Go out and listen to the sounds of the Doobie Brothers, the Eagles, Christopher Cross. Go out sailing, get a ticket. It's going to be a lot of fun. They, they're they always a good time from, uh, I believe, Charleston, South Carolina. Go to eventbrite.com or coachescorner.com for tickets. Or if there's some at the door, you can get them at the door. All right. Have them. Last inning up. We're right on pace to finish in the 40-minute time limit that we always like to set. Okay. We're at trivia, inning number four. Right now, it's uh, 17 trivia contests in the book. Fanatic has seven wins, four losses, and six ties. The coach picked up his fourth win last weekend. The flag, the white, the white cubby W flag is flying on Wilmington Island. You got to love it. Okay. So I, I pulled another one out. Hey, we went almost... We went almost 20, 20, 20 contests without the coach even sniffing the tie. So uh, pretty good this year. So this week, inning number four, trivia, you're up first. So uh, you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to give you a shot. So based on the prospects who are going to become rookies, my theme this week is rookies of the year. And if you don't get this, I'll be shocked, okay? Who was the first player? I'm giving you the lead right here. For the Cubs franchise to win the NL Rookie of the Year award, but you have to give me the name and the year he did it. Oh, Rookie of the Year. Hmm. Cubs. Okay. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to give you the flag back, buddy. <laughs> uh, Ron Santo, 1960. Oh man, close but no cigar. Oh, don't tell me it was Kenny Hubbs. Billy Williams, 1961. One? Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> I, oh. Wanted to give, I wanted to give you the flag. I started with a Chicago Cub trivia question. Oh, that I, really bothers me. And that one has always bothered me because I knew it was Ronnie or Billy. Early 60s, cripes. All right, that got me. It wasn't the Penguin. <laughs> no, he started his career with the Dodgers. I know. All right. So I always like to throw a little Yankee action at you. The Yankees having a rough have, having a rough last ten days here. The Yankees, in, were, the Yankees were shut out the other day in back to back games. Can you name me the year that that last happened? All I ask for is the season. Uh, you know, those are the kind of trivia questions I don't pay attention to. So, 
Uh, it didn't I, happen that long ago. I'll at least give you that little caveat. I, I it, you know, it, it, it probably hasn't. I don't know, but I, I'm being honest with you. I don't know. I'm going to take a guess. 2010. Ooh, a little bit later. 2016. 2016. Okay. All right. Nil, nil, because I totally flubbed that one. And I'm staying with my rookie questions and I'm staying in Chicago because now I'm going the south part of town. Okay. Right. White Sox are in the south part of town, right? They better be. Okay, who was the first player for the White Sox franchise to be voted AL Rookie of the Year, and what year did he do it? <laughs> I thought you would definitely get two wins, two two easy ones right here, and win the whole game quick. Uh because the, uh, there's a handful of guys for the Sox that I thought would have won it, and guys who it got ah, uh, uh, Ron Kittle, 1983. You're gonna, I know you're going to bang your head against the wall there. Luis Aparicio, 1956. Yep. Louie Louie for the go-go White Sox. That is yep. frustrating. All right. <laughs> All right. Since we were talking about... Um, hey, this is for the win. This could be two weeks in a row. Year. Okay. Can you name me the winningest Major League Manager to never win a World Series? Well, we know that Joe Torre got off the snide when he took over the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, the winningest manager that never won a World Series. Never, not even win, to go to. To go to. Yeah. You got to think about a bunch of star-crossed managers. There's a handful out there. Hmm. And he's, he's a Hall of Famer? He's not a Hall of Famer. Oh, but he's a famous manager. Yeah. And he hasn't won a World Series. Hasn't even gone a World Series. Mm-hmm. Buck Walter. Good guess. Gene Mock. Gene Mock for the Yankees. No, nah, Gene Mock never managed the Yankees. He Expos? Yeah, well, Expos, 64 Phillies. That's the one he's most remembered for. And the uh, Twins and the Angels. Ooh, yes, 86. I remember. Remember that one? All right. All right, tiebreaker. All right, what you got for me? I'm staying with my rookies of the year. Do it. I better get this, or otherwise, we're in, we're I feel in like Georgia. Coming on. Which Braves player was voted MLB Rookie of the Year? And it was in 1948, the year after. Who won it in 1947? Oh, Jackie Robinson. So who won it in 48? And it was a Brave. Warren Spahn. Oh, buddy, buddy, buddy. Alvin Dark. Alvin Dark. <laughs> oh boy i am not feeling good about this so i'm just going to give you the question um can you name me the manager with the second most wins that's never been to a world series i couldn't even name the first guy maybe you can name the second one that's why i'm asking you the question <laughs> i can't even name the second guy <laughs> buck Walter again <laughs> Fly the W, coach. You got it. No way. I was trying to trip you up on this, and I guess that's no way. Me. Yeah, the yeah, W. Yes. The W stays out on Wilmington Island. The Seven, wife. five, and six. Enjoy it, coach. It's been a long day. I didn't try to give you a gimme on that one. You got it, fair and square. I am really mad at myself about the Billy Williams thing. I have a picture of him framed with 
my younger brother, and it's very frustrating. Well, I tried to get, I tried to give you Chicago trivia to right. win this tonight. You know, I keep want- it coming because I, I feel like maybe my muscle memory is not there anymore. I need some help. <laughs> oh, that's frustrating. You so, enjoy it, Coach. That was a good win. So, once again, a lot of fun. Uh, I picked up two wins in a row. That's a first ever. Back-to-back, back-to-back jacks right there for the coach. And so, that's what we call in the big leagues a winning streak. All right. And remember, the coach, we got to thank John Henderson and the coach Always. Sports Network for letting us do this. Uh, don't forget, Wednesday nights, rubbing and grubbing. Saturdays, the call of the Moscow Sports Report. Back in April, we always have the 19th hole and two podcasts. The Hot Grids podcast with Spencer Maddox and Travis Jadon. And, of course, yours truly, the Who's on First Base Baseball podcast. Season 5, episode 18. We're done. But like we say every week, please say prayers for uh, what's going on in the Ukraine, especially the world now. What's getting close with that uh, nuclear plant over there? And then, of course, we got we to gotta say all the prayers for what's going on in the United States with all these crazy shootings and what else is going on. That's why we do this every week, to take your mind away. Hey, and if you want to take your mind away from what's going on, hey, just have out the sound garden. And Kyle's going to sail you away with who? Sail away with the smooth sounds of Yacht Rock. And uh, there are great late 70s, 80s tribute to the music of the Yacht Rock generation right there. Uh, go out and listen to the Eagles, the Doobie Brothers, uh, a little bit of Christopher Cross. And, um, you know, it's a good time. If, if you want to go out and check them out, they're a lot of fun from Charleston, South Carolina. Go to eventbrite.com. Go to coachescorner.com. And there may still be tickets available at the door. Go check them out <laughs> we, Saturday night. We've been playing Christopher Cross all night long. You know that, buddy. And <laughs> we weren't going to do that. No, I'm not doing that, man. But hey, that's okay. So whatever you're doing today, tomorrow, Kyle, what are you going to do? You're always going to hit it out of the park. Okay, and then until we talk again next week, maybe what? Hopefully your best week ever. It better be. And as we say at the end of every show, on three, buddy. One, One, two, two, three. three. Play Play ball. ball.